You are listening to University of Wisconsin-Madison's Morbridge Center for Public Service podcast, a podcast dedicated to connecting community, campus, and student voices that foster, shape, and cultivate a thriving democratic society. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of our Morbridge Center podcast. I'm Erin Gretzinger, the communications and marketing intern at the Morbridge Center. I'm a sophomore at the University of Wisconsin, majoring in journalism and French. On our first ever episode today, we will be welcoming Lily Zander. Lily is a senior studying environmental science and Spanish at UW-Madison. In 2019, Lily and her project partner, Akshat Khanna, were awarded a Wisconsin Idea Fellowship Grant through the Mortgage Center and an American Family Insurance Social Entrepreneurship Award. Wisconsin Idea Fellowships, better known as WIF, are awarded annually to undergraduate student projects working to address issues identified with a local or global community partner. Their WIF project proposed the creation of the aqua circuit prototype. Aquaponic systems use waste produced by fish and other aquatic animals to supply nutrients for plants to grow without soil. The self-sustaining system provides nutrient-rich water as a natural fertilizer for the plants to grow while the plants simultaneously purify the water for the fish to live in. Millie's project aims to bring this idea of aquaponics into classrooms. And Lily, if you can just jump right in and explain what is aquaponics and how did you apply for a Wisconsin Idea Fellowship? Yeah, so um, basically the idea kind of came from when I took uh, the design thinking for transformation course in the summer of 2018, which was actually the pilot program for UW-Madison's design and innovation master's program that was ju- it's just started being offered in 2020. But basically the focus of the class was somehow improving the farm to table concept. And so during this class, um, our group kind of became inspired by um, like research coming out of Wageningen University in the Netherlands, also circuit boards, and then a desire to have a lasting impact on the farm to table movement by focusing specifically on kids and education. So um, after the class was over, basically my professor, Leslie Sager, encouraged me to pursue the idea of using aquaponics and hands-on learning, um, basically through the Wisconsin Idea Fellowship. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this project aims to provide interactive materials and tools to guide students through that construction and maintenance of indoor self-staining vertical aquaponics systems. And, you know, the student teams, it's my understanding, they'll, they'll be learning, um, they would learn how to use and um, actually build these things. So can you talk a little bit about the impacts of that specifically and promoting students to pursue STEM and what the goals of this project were intended to be? Yeah, so I would say our project goals are mostly focused on um, basically um, bringing STEAM literacy and education through hands-on learning to historically underrepresented communities. Um, For example, we specifically chose uh, the North Madison School District because um, two reasons, uh, one being the fact that Given USDA standards, the area is considered to be a food desert, but on top of that, uh, the community present in that school district, um, a lot of them have backgrounds that are traditionally underrepresented in engineering and agricultural backgrounds. So 
we thought that was really important um, when implementing this project. What benefits specifically come from building a system such as this? Right. So um, this system, uh, I guess I'll explain aquaponics as well. So aquaponics, um, kind of a def short definition would be the symbiotic relationship between plants and fish in which the user is given power to create a stable ecosystem through biological recycling and like the main component that is key in aquaponics is nitrogen, which is one of the most limiting plant nutrients um, for plant growth. And that's why a lot of conventional agriculture uses uh, these nitrogen synthetic fertilizers. But with aquaponics, um, fish waste provides nitrogen in the form of ammonia, so NH3. Um, and that becomes chemically available to plants with the help of N-fixating bacteria. And then the plants are then cleaning the water in return. So basically, a lot of great benefits to aquaponics itself is that the system saves a lot of water and requires very little inputs besides feeding the fish. And um, the fact that it is this ecological system, it will teach kids um, systems thinking, which is really important um, moving forward in basically tackling issues such as climate change that require you to consider a lot of different variables. You know, in informing this process, what type of steps did you have to consider, you know, when it came to working with certain communities and with building kind of this complex uh, Wisconsin Idea Fellowship Project and bringing that to life? Yeah, so I would say bringing the project to life um, was definitely a process, especially since this idea was our own idea. And so it was really a lot on us as students to go out into the community and make a connection, one that would be strong and lasting to implement something that, you know, at the time didn't seem very ambitious, but then once we actually started going out into the community, we realized it, it was a lot more ambitious than we had originally anticipated. So um, basically what was really pivotal is I was um, connected actually um, prior to even coming up with this project to um, basically a research specialist in the horticulture department. And he, Brian Emerson is his name. He uh, had founded Gompers Grows, which was this nonprofit working in North Madison, trying to teach kids basically the same concepts that um, we wanted to teach through the aqua circuit uh, prototype. And so he was able to get us into contact with the community and was really good at making sure um, all of us were on the same page and um, basically, and especially supporting the project when COVID happened because um, teachers, especially um, at the schools that we wanted to partner with, they're very busy and have um, a lot of responsibilities outside of special projects. So it was really nice to have that third party connection. Can you talk a little bit more about how the Mortgage Center and how, you know, the staff here and how they helped in making this connection between campus and community and just kind of some, some of the things that went into that? Yeah, for sure. So um, during the application process for WIF, um, definitely uh, my academic mentor, Leslie Sager, was pretty huge in um, being a support in the fact that uh, she really knew the process and was able to guide us in how we might go about uh, connecting with the community. And I also talked with um, 
Beth Tyron and um, I think it wasn't Laura Livingston at the time, but um, the graduate student before her uh, really helped us with reaching out to schools and Laura actually works with Brian Emerson as well. So uh, when we ran into issues, or I guess I would say like in administrative constraints working with Black Hawk Middle School, we pivoted to working with Gompers Elementary um, in part because Laura herself was doing some research and project-based stuff with the school. So yeah, the Morgan Center was really helpful in um, finding those connections for us and allowing us to still do our project um, without, without having these um, blockages within the community that we aren't necessarily as um, knowledgeable on as they are. And, you know, with some of those adjustments made um, in, in the grand scope of the project from the beginning, um, what did you hope to accomplish and what did you vision as sort of this end result? Yeah, so our project goals, um, they've been pretty much like relatively unchanged since the start of the pandemic, but um, we've definitely had to evolve alternative ways of accomplishing that um, once uh, all of the public schools went virtual. Um, but I would say like, given the pandemic, uh, we were exposed to uh, a lot of new ideas of virtual learning content in terms of like pre-recorded demonstration of how our system works rather than our old idea of a print-based user's manual for the students and teachers to learn how the system worked. And um, in addition, it's possible that we might be able to reach more kids this semester by making a video about the project for the UW-Madison Engineering Expo in April which uh, would be a really fun way, I think, to bring the concept of aquaponics to a much broader audience than we originally anticipated. But um, right now, I would say we're, we're doing the best we can to accomplish the, the original project goals of um, empowering kids with basically food sovereignty, but also um, environmental, agricultural, and engineering literacy. You know, you talked a little bit about the progress of where your WIF is at. What what type of timeline do you think, or in your experience, are you guys looking at to get this project completed, uh, especially during COVID? Yeah, so um, for me, the ideal completion of, um, base, of at least the construction process would be by the end of the semester. And um, depending on the conditions, we're hoping to fully implement the system um, potentially over the summer with, uh, we, we, since we're connected with Brian, he knows of a few programs, um, especially some at the Goodman Community Center, as well as Community Groundworks and Troy Farms in the North Madison area that um, may be doing summer program this year, um, so long as conditions are um, adequate to do so. And we're hoping that maybe we'll see it first tested in that kind of environment, but, um, Another thing that's pretty exciting that we've pivoted to this semester is that uh, we're also working with a student org called Engineers for Sustainable World, as well as the Department of Corrections Grow Academy to finish out the construction process. And um, basically the Grow Academy is a residential program offering comprehensive treatment for county and state supervised youth 
as an alternative to incarceration as well as a step down for youth returning to the community. So um, Brian is also um, someone who volunteers with that program and is willing to help us uh, work with them while schools remain closed. And you know, looking back, um, it's definitely been a tumultuous journey from the sound of it, but you guys have persevered yeah. through a lot of different challenges from the site switch to, you know, then dealing with COVID-19, which I guess has yeah. affected all of us in every different way. But, you know, being able to sustain this project and face some of those challenges um, overall in reflection, um, what are what do you think you're going to take away from this project or what have you already taken away from working on this? Yeah, so I feel like there are a lot of skills that I'll carry with me um, following my time as um, a WIF grantee. I would say the biggest for me being the ability to problem solve and adapt. Um, I'd say creative problem solving is the core of this project for both kids in the community and myself. And given the challenges of the pandemic, um, I would say I'm as equipped as I could possibly be moving forward with um, understanding complex community issues, especially in extenuating circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And what moments, like in working with the community and working with community partners, is there is there anything that sticks out and isn't was a really impactful moment for you in working with community? Um, I would say definitely uh, a really impactful moment was back in March of. Or, yeah, it was definitely like the very beginning of March. We went to the school and presented to the kids um, basically what the prototype concept was to get them excited about everything. And um, I don't know, the kids were just so much, um, they had a lot of prior knowledge. And I was really surprised by that. These were only fifth graders and they were super excited about um, everything that we were saying. I honestly was nervous that uh, they would be bored, but all of them asked so many questions and all of them had their hands raised. And I think that was like a really, a really good moment for the project. But also I think um, looking back or kind of more currently, some moments that stick out for just like me having learned a lot is um, that it's it's hard to um, how, how do I want to phrase this? It's it's important that uh, you have a strong community partner who basically will let you know um, what the community needs rather than maybe you assuming what the community needs based on your own interests and goals. Um, for example, um, I thought that maybe giving live demonstrations to the students that we had presented to at Gompers Elementary might be a good way to pivot the project. But um, upon discussing this with Brian, he informed me that um, a lot of these kids he was finding, especially with him having his Gompers Grows program, that they were completely burnt out on virtual learning. And there's a lot of pressure on the teachers in these times. And so having that perspective and that feedback um, from someone who is like known and trusted in the community, it's really nice to be able to have pivoted our project instead to work with like DOC's Grow Academy, 
because otherwise maybe if we didn't have that connection, um, we could easily assume things that the community needs that it doesn't actually. And um, so I think we got a lot of positive relationships out of um, being good listeners maybe <laughs> is a good way to put it. Looking forward, um, what would you want other people to know about Wisconsin Idea Fellowships and, and what has this project really meant to you? Um, yeah, so I think other people should know that uh, the Wisconsin Idea Fellowship can pretty much be anything they want it to be. And uh, that's what makes it a very unique opportunity. Basically, whether you're looking to do research, uh, maybe help a professor with a project or pursue a new idea that's all your own, I think WIF can get you to where you want to go so long as you're willing to put the work in. I mean, I would say that um, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. But um, yeah, I'd say WIF has allowed me to understand a pretty complex issue from a real world perspective and definitely gave me some firsthand experience uh, within the realm of social entrepreneurship, uh, which has helped me in a lot of other ways. And it certainly has changed my career goals somewhat as I've become more involved in the social aspects of problem solving and engineering in that realm. But um, I would also say that the, the WIS Fellowship um, or Wisconsin Idea Fellowship, it's really strengthened my connection um, to many like talented peers, grad students, professors, and just like community change makers, if you will. And um, above all, I think I'd, I'd want to thank my project partners, Aksha Khanna and Vijan Agrawal for their contributions. Since um, this project isn't, you know, a solo endeavor. There's a lot of people who helped along the way and um, they definitely contributed a lot. So you mentioned a little bit about how this has changed some of your career goals and on that topic, what is next for you? What, what is the long run and how has WIF impacted that at all? Yeah, so a next steps, actually back in August, I applied for the Peace Corps because um, I've explored that a lot since um, getting my WIF grant and um, in my conversations with a lot of past Peace Corps volunteers, actually Laura Livingston being um, a prior previously volunteered with Peace Corps. A lot of them talk about how you're given the opportunity to a lot, to do a lot of community projects, which is really similar um, to basically what we're doing now. And I just kind of want to do more of that. I found um, working with the community and um, pursuing ideas that I felt um, really strongly about were a really fulfilling thing that um, I wasn't necessarily getting out of the classroom or um, in work elsewhere. And so I think that presents a really unique opportunity. It'll be interesting to see how things move forward given the pandemic as that, that opportunity is currently on hold. Peace Corps has not, um, you know, announced, I guess, <laughs> when they plan on sending volunteers back to their countries because it'll depend largely on um, them inviting people rather than the U.S. sending people. But, and then I would say after Peace Corps, uh, I do long-term would like to see myself um, pursue something uh, in the nonprofit realm, potentially starting my own nonprofit and doing what? I'm not sure yet, but I'm hoping that the next few years I might figure that out. Uh, who really knows where we're all going in, in reality, <laughs> especially now. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I also, I don't know if I asked you this explicitly, but how did you feel when you found out that you had been awarded a Wisconsin Idea Fellowship? Yeah, I would say I definitely remember the day I was notified pretty clearly since my reaction was very similar to when I received my college acceptance letter, for example, mostly because the WIF and the project itself opened a lot of doors for me. So I'm really grateful for receiving the opportunity to pursue something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I would say in a lot of the other experiences that I pursued after getting the Wisconsin Idea Fellowship, in my interviews, everyone was always really impressed that um, I had attempted to do this this thing, this, this aquaponics, this prototype and it was like this new idea and they were always impressed by the initiative so I'm I'm glad I was given the opportunity because had I not I don't know I feel like in a different timeline my life would have been (laughs) really different (laughs) all right I think that is all the questions I had um was there anything else you really wanted to just say about aquaponics with you know your time here at UW in general um I would just say that I'm definitely grateful for um, the university and especially the Morgan Center and the fact that they encourage so much cross collaboration between departments and also with the community. I think maybe if I had gone somewhere else or um, not explored, um, for example, that class design thinking for transformation, which was an interdisciplinary class that I took out of interest, it was not required for my major. I mean, I'm just really glad that those kind of opportunities existed for me and um, led me down the path that I am on now. Thanks for joining us, Lily. To learn more about the Wisconsin Idea Fellowship, you can visit go.wisc.edu backslash WIF. Thanks to everyone who joined us for our very first episode. We are so excited to get this podcast started and have more episodes in queue. In the meantime, stay tuned into All Things Mortgage Center at Mortgage Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.